In the past, politicians promised to create a better world. They had different ways of achieving this, but their power and authority came from the optimistic visions they offered their people. Those dreams failed, and today people have lost faith in ideologies. Increasingly, politicians are seen simply as managers of public life. But now, they have discovered a new role that restores their power and authority. Instead of delivering dreams, politicians now promise to protect us from nightmares. Hello everyone. You've just heard an excerpt from the opening of Adam Curtis's documentary series, The Power of Nightmares. It's the quotation I chose to open an essay titled Measuring the Mandates, Assessing the State's Response to COVID-19 with. I wrote this essay as part of a local group for submission to an inquiry into my own government's pandemic policies. As they were basically the same as pandemic policies everywhere else, I was able to convert it into an internationally applicable version. At 22,000 words, it ended up being a small book, which is freely downloadable from my website. In this series of presentations, I'm going to go through the various chapters on masking, lockdowns, vaccines, PCR, and what caused all those excess deaths anyway. I'll then read the conclusion, which looks at the philosophical underpinning of the state's response. Today, I am just going to read the brief introduction. In the very next line of his documentary, Adam Curtis states that politicians say that they will rescue us from dreadful dangers that we cannot see and do not understand. Given the context of this series, you would be forgiven for thinking that The Power of Nightmares is a documentary criticising the political response to COVID-19. It is not. It was produced in the aftermath of September 11th, and it's actually about the nightmare of international terrorism. On a deeper level, however, Curtis's work is about COVID-19. It is about the financial crisis, drug trafficking, and violent crime too. If we look beyond his specific example... It is about all claims that the state is the sole entity capable of protecting us from such evils. In 2020, the announcement of a pandemic saw the implications of this claim manifest in the most pronounced and consequential manner since the Second World War. Politicians around the world insisted that they needed to restrict human freedom and mandate medical interventions, all in order to keep us safe. They had the power and claimed the wisdom to know this was the right thing to do. Much of the population agreed, yearning only for stronger restrictions on their liberty. The human cost of these policies has been as horrendous as it was predictable, a fact not even their most ardent defenders can seriously contest. We've witnessed the closing down of businesses, the coercion of medical treatments, the loss of jobs, the separation of families, elderly people dying alone in care homes, and starvation that was increasing around the world. For this, we have been landed with a bill that we will be paying off for generations to come. Yet much like the great wars of the 20th century, the argument goes that if the state hadn't intervened, the situation would have been much worse. The implementation of these draconian measures means that millions of people are now alive who otherwise wouldn't have been. However brutal, the price was worth it. Is this position defensible? Were any of the state mandates actually justified, even given the limited information available at the time? With hindsight, were they beneficial, or did they end up making matters worse? If they did worsen the situation, 
are there a different set of general principles that politicians could be guided by when future nightmares arise? These are the questions this series will seek to address. Okay, that was the short introduction. The next episode is titled Pandemic or Democide? What caused the excess deaths? And I should have that one out in a few days' time. Thank you for listening.